0: So in our space, this equity crowdfunding space, and I, I, it's, I try to tell this to a lot of, of creators, more people are investing in their story than the numbers at this point. Like most of the time, these companies don't have real good numbers yet. They're really young startups. So it's actually more story than it is, oh, your financials just look so you know fantastic. <laughs> and and um, most of the money that I've ever raised for my companies, the studios and all this sort of stuff was all based on, Jeff, we just like you. We like your personality. <laughs> we know you'll pivot. I don't know exactly what you're doing, but we feel safe in this investment so it's trying to get that across more than oh, let's look at the numbers let's look at the you know let's get into the spreadsheet like man,
1: right well that's the goal right everything is revenue projections at this point right,
0: right. And if you yeah. get to yeah. know
1: somebody you're going to be more inclined to believe those projections exactly if the person making them at least comes across as a credible human being yeah that's what I want this to be as well. I, I enjoy conversations. I've had a bunch with some of the clients already and they're just interesting people. You know, I want to ask about their families and and all that stuff.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think there's a interesting angle here too, that, um, the stress that's put on families, right. To, to even be going down these rabbit holes, right. Like just, you know, if you know my story, I mean, my, you know, Aaron and I have not always been amazing, (laughs) you know, it's been up and down trying to start companies. So just to know that most of these founders are dealing with that type of stress. There's other other factors, and those factors sometimes get into even our work as a marketing agency, where you're like, man, why is so and so like, <laughs> whatever? Like like you're just getting some new energy. There's probably something going on behind the scenes, you know, that we're not aware of. On top of then you get into like on some of our age range, then they have parent issues going on, and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm dealing with that. You're dealing with your home life. You're trying to start a company. You're looking at cash flow. I mean. Is that something that anybody likes to just step into? Like, oh, I just want to be an entrepreneur.
1: And speaking of stepping into something new, welcome to episode 234 of the successfully funded podcast brought to you by KiwiTech, which for the uninitiated, KiwiTech is a growing ecosystem of entrepreneurs, investors, mentors, accelerators, incubators, and corporations. And they help early and growth stage startups build viable products, drive traction, raise capital, and scale their businesses. I'm your host, Doug French. Now, for longtime listeners to this podcast, this might seem a bit of a left turn from what you're accustomed to, because you're accustomed to listening to my guest talk about his work in the crowdfunding arena as CEO of the Woodshed Agency. Well, uh, and since you heard from us last, a few things have changed. Number one, my guest now is the vice president for crowdfunding at Kiwi Tech, and Woodshed A lot of what Woodshed was doing has now been absorbed into that effort. And now rather than be the host of the podcast, my guest here gets to be the guest and talk about what's happened over the past year, talk about what's upcoming, what his plans are under the new arrangement, new management. And I just get to sit here and talk to him and (laughs) and learn more. (laughs) And, And what I get to do is look forward to talking to clients, talking to people in the crowdfunding business, find out what they're up to, talk about what's worked, what hasn't worked. And if you're looking to plan something, you're planning a crowdfunding effort, hopefully this will provide you with some insights as to the steps you might take for success. So anyway, please, once again, welcome to episode 234, the Vice President for Crowdfunding at KiwiTech, Mr. Jeff Wenzel. Welcome.
0: Well, thank you very much for that That fancy intro. uh, You know, that that was polished. That that sounds good. Sounds real nice. Thanks so much.
1: Oh, you're welcome, boss. (laughs) <laughs> it's always great to impress your boss on the first day
0: yes 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 i'll, I'll make a note here in my uh my trusty field notes <laughs>
1: good I'll, I'll look forward to that boost nice. anyway our last podcast episode was episode 233 and that was over a year ago and a few things have happened so let's start there what's uh, what's new and different now in uh, may of 2022
0: yeah. So that last episode, from that point on, I got approached by Kiwi Tech and they started showing some interest in potentially either acquiring woodshed agency or bringing me on. And from about May on until September, we were in a lot of negotiations, just trying to feel the partnership out or feel what this relationship might look like moving forward. And right around end of September, early October, I, we made the jump. Uh, so Kiwi Tech brought myself on as a as a full time employee, and then I brought my team with me, and we are now working under the Kiwi Tech umbrella in the crowdfunding space, mostly equity crowdfunding now. So that is a little bit of a departure too from us doing a lot of Kickstarters in the, in the past. So again, almost 100% focus on equity style crowdfunding. And my team came with me and that's what we've been doing since October. And now we're trying to get the podcast kind of back going as, after we've got our feet under us and uh, starting to figure out kind of what comes next uh, after this, what has it been, five, six months now? So yeah, that's what, that's what's going on right now.
1: Especially since your your client base is basically quadrupled.
0: It has, yeah. So got a, a lot more opportunity to work with more startups, which is one of the great things. And also to be a little bit more on a global stage. So if anybody that researches KiwiTech, you'll see that we've got a you know, sort of a global footprint. And that was something that was always been exciting about me is to, to potentially start working on other continents and, and really starting to kind of expand what crowdfunding is going to be. And I think it's something that you're going to continue to see moving forward as it grows here in the States. We're going to start seeing it rolled out, I think, into other uh, other countries. So all those were opportunities for me that I just kind of, I had to jump on at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, and I really, I've hosted a few events for these clients and uh, their projects, their products, really interesting and really compelling entrepreneurs who put them together, who saw an opportunity and are recognizing a chance to use this new way. Um, seems like capitalism always finds a way to fund stuff.
0: <laughs> it certainly does. It certainly does. Yeah. And, uh, you know, mitigating risk, I think, uh, as well in that. So we'll get a crowd to do it instead of, you know, a couple people uh, putting all the money in. So, yeah.
1: Right. So let's talk a bit about your background. Now, again, when I met you a few years ago, uh, Woodshed was, was your shingle. Mm-hmm. And uh, when did that start up and what got you into that in the first place?
0: Technically, the team at Woodshed has been working together for almost 15 years. It was myself, my business partner, Sean, at the time. Previous to Woodshed, we were actually called Groovebox Studios. We were still doing crowdfunding, but we were just solely in the music business. So we were running uh, Kickstarter campaigns for bands and musicians. Once that sort of died out, I had a mentor kind of whisper in my ear like why don't you just crowdfund everything um you know and and that's what we ended up doing right so we just we did a name change just to get out of the whole studio business or, or more uh music centric changed the name to woodshed and just basically changed my llc uh, same yeah. team same same everything the same um but nothing that different but that was about six years ago so woodshed technically the world would see that that was about six years of us being public and and running as as an agency.
1: And so in that time, what kind of trends have you seen? And when you see, obviously, the the spectrum of opportunity has widened. I mean, now you're mostly working in equity uh, crowdfunding, which means mostly uh, StartEngine and uh, WeFunder are the two Mm -hmm. main resources you use. How do you see your client base in general? I mean, do you see more entrepreneurs coming into the space and recognizing alternate ways to raise cash and uh, reach the next stage of their work?
0: I mean, there's been major, major changes. Number one is equity crowdfunding didn't even exist six years ago, right? So it was all Kickstarters, Indiegogos, which is reward-based crowdfunding. So again, sort of pre-ordering a widget, right? I, I, I got the, the heated gloves <laughs> that right. I plug into my computer. All right, well, let's put that on Kickstarter and pre-order them. You know, so once I started to see equity crowdfunding through the JOBS Act, and now this must be 2006, 2007, kind of starting to be a conversation. That's when my light bulb went up and said, we got to continue to watch this. Very early, we had one of the first two or three campaigns in equity crowdfunding on WeFunder specifically. You know, so we started to watch that grow and we watched that sort of change. And where we are right now is it's actually quite a saturated market. Almost every startup wants to do crowdfunding, right? So now you're starting to get into how are you doing things differently? How are you sort of standing out in the pack? I think right now we've got roughly about 800 active campaigns, which that's a lot of campaigns for an that industry. Is a that is And what's happening is the investor base is not growing as fast as the amount of companies wanting to raise. So one of my jobs, like I feel like this is a little bit on my shoulders is to continue to grow that base, to have podcasts like this so that people can kind of just learn about the space, learn about the investment opportunity. And the other biggest change too is is sort of the, the mindset behind venture capital and how they feel about this because very early on, venture capital hated Kickstarter. You know, they would tell people, you never put your product out there before you're ready to go. Somebody's gonna steal it. Then eventually BC people were like, Oh, we really like the fact that you kind of proven that we should look at you. Well, the same thing happened in equity. Early in equity vcs were like you would never do this you're going to ruin your cap table and again very few people understand what we're actually doing and now you're starting to see vcs like hey we want you to do equity crowdfunding and just prove it a little bit before we go ahead and put a pile of money in your bank account so that's the stuff that you're starting to see is you're starting to see more vcs or more traditional funding say hey go see if you can raise 200 grand or 300 grand from the crowd. and you're starting to see more and more companies look at that but now we have the challenge of marketing when you have so many campaigns trying to do this
1: and that's going to be a fun part of this podcast too, because we're going to be talking to Kiwi Tech clients for sure. Many of them are in the truly nascent stages of their startup, but we're also going to be talking to people who are on the other side, who made it past that first step yep. uh, and reached the level of interest that uh, VCs are going to give where you can really, that's the nitrous in your engine, right? That'll turbocharge everything to the next level. So that's going to be a fun thing to watch these things happen in stages. And And when you onboard new clients, what kind of counsel do you give them?
0: A lot of times it's, it's really just about educating them on the reality of it. So it's very, very simple for most companies to come in and go, hey, I read that the ceiling's $5 million. I should easily raise $5 million. Nobody's doing what I'm doing. I'm the only one. And I'm like, well, let's do a Google search. And look there, oh, I found three competitors. So it's really more around, you know, how do we set realistic goals? Use this vehicle, equity crowdfunding, that's not venture capital. It's not bootstrapping. It's another funding channel it's another funding arm so how can we set realistic goals inside of that that truly move a business from a to B to C in your in your roadmap or your milestones because again it's very easy to go I read this on the website let's raise my five million <laughs> that's very very challenging so it's really about hey let's be realistic you know what because how much would your company grow if you raised 250 thousand dollars ninety percent of the time the clients are like oh my gosh if we raise 250 my company could do this this and this. it's like all right well that's that's an achievable goal. Let's start there and then work up to bigger campaigns. So that's, that's a lot of it. It's just, you know, there's no right or wrong answers. I'm never looking at, you know, a startup's books and going, oh, you're just, you know, oh man, these are bad. It's about what's realistic right now. Some companies, 50 grand is the realistic goal. Sometimes, hey, you've really got something that's hot or really trending right now. We do think we can raise a million bucks, but we want to set expectations as close as we can to, to hitting those goals.
1: So am I right in assuming that you kind of bring your expertise in this space to kind of help them figure out what that expectation should be? Um, oh, 100%. Yeah,
0: yeah, I mean, that's it in a nutshell. I mean, that, at this point, I think I've ran, as of today, I think 140 equity campaigns. Kickstarters, I've ran almost 400, something like something like 400, 450. I've lost track at some point. Doug, you can see me, but I'm on the cover of Cranes for the amount of Kickstarters I've ran, right? So it's just like, that's a lot of campaigns. So you start to get a sense of like, I know the vertical you're in. I know the space you're playing in. The average campaign for this type of thing is going to only be 150,000. You just start getting a sense of it when you when you see sort of the trends of, of what's happening on a bigger picture, not so much in just the weeds of one vertical or one industry.
1: You're on the cover of Cranes magazine? Yeah. I'm right there. Oh, okay. Yeah. You are in the back there. All right.
0: I'm oh. in the back. Yeah. I was on the cover of cranes. I ran a lot of crowdfunding campaigns. Yeah. So.
1: <laughs> Local boy yeah. makes good, right? Cranes yeah. is just down the street there in Detroit. Yeah. Yeah. It was cool. Well, I got to say, I, I'm a big fan of setting expectations as well and kind of helping people launch the first thing going back to about 20 years ago, I worked for a day trading firm mm. and in much the same way, people arrive saying, I'd like to make money, please. And in that case, you have to say, well, you have to recognize that this is a skill. This is a process. It's not a money factory. There are mistakes you can make. There are mistakes you can avoid. But you know, something as simple as if you want to sell a 1,000 shares, that's great. But you might not find someone to buy those 1,000 shares.
0: <laughs> right, right, right.
1: And I see some similarities here in terms of recognizing how to put together a strategy and what kind of tools in that strategy are included.
0: It really is what's right for the type of client. I mean, if you're in medical, it's going to be different than an e-commerce. If you have a customer base, it's a little bit different than you have nothing, right? Like, you know, there's you're starting at ground zero. But at the end of the day, the things to really note is it's the amount of touch points that you've got to have to, to sort of get somebody to, to be an investor. I mean, just think about the amount of noise coming at you every day on mobile, your mobile devices, your iPads, TV, all this sort of stuff. Um, You're trying to break through that noise and get somebody that really probably doesn't know you to go, Oh, I'm going to invest 500 bucks into this thing. That's a big thing I just said. So, so you see touch points. So when I say touch points, it's like, Hey, they saw you, they learned about you. They signed up for an email. They started to get your email. So you've got to have about 15 to 20 touch points before somebody's like, you know what, I'm going to invest a thousand bucks in this thing. So knowing that, you have to really be realistic of how are we going to get there? How are we going to get there with the amount of budget I have? Is it all Facebook ads? Is it some TikTok ads? Is it newsletters? Is it partnering with a company like us who's got a a very large mailing list? So you're looking at this combination. You're trying to put together, truthfully, a a sort of a 360 package. And I know that's kind of a buzzy word of like, oh, you know, 360 marketing or, or omni marketing, but it truly does need to happen in here. Very, very rarely is it I saw one Facebook ad and I instantly invested. Like That is about as delusional saying, I just started my company, where's my $5 million, right? You've got to really think about how are people sort of learning about you? How are they becoming aware? Then what are you asking them to to do next? Sign up for an email. Also learn about your story. If you're the, you know, the CEO of this project, what are you doing to get that story out so people can feel comfortable investing in you? Just that's kind of my story. Like people have invested in me just because of my personality and who I am. And, you know, they're not in the weeds on half of the stuff I'm doing. They're just like, we, we trust you. You know, are you doing that? Are you putting that out? So we try to help frame your story, your narrative so that we're putting you out there so that people see you and go, oh, this feels like a great opportunity to invest in this. This guy knows what he's doing or this girl knows what he's doing. I want to be a part of the story. And that's that's the part of it. It's, it's not an exact one tool. It's this kind of massaging the whole story and framing it the right way so that an investor can feel excited about the, the opportunity to, to put some money behind you.
1: And once they've kind of shared their story, you can just look at all the different boxes this can fit in and tailor something individual and, and specific. To uh, the company's goals and figure out the best ways to achieve them.
0: Yeah, you know, we've got creative directors, we've got copywriters, we've got graphic designers. I mean, we've got those people that know what we're, what we're trying to get to, or have been a part of campaigns that have raised good chunks of money. So this is at least a baseline. We know that if we start with this baseline, we feel like we're going to at least get enough touch points or people are going to be excited about it. And then from there, you start optimizing and tweaking and adjusting based on, you know, what might be right for you as opposed to this other client. But really at some point we have a baseline of like, we know that this, these first few steps will at least get enough interest going uh, to get the campaign off the ground.
1: I think as long as we establish that every path is different, every goal is different, every entrepreneur is different. If you look back in your history of working with crowdfunders, without really, you don't have to name any names or anything, but what kind of story that that particular client followed is like the gold standard of something you want each of our clients to reach?
0: So I think it's actually, there's a couple of things to kind of unpack and, and what you're saying is, one is, yes, it's the investment dollars, obviously amazing. That's, you know, that's goal number one. You're coming here. We want to raise investment dollars. But the second part of that is you re- we really are standing up a startup. Like, we're standing it up. We're giving it an opportunity to actually do the things that they want to do potentially quicker, right? So yeah, it could take 10 years to raise, you know, $500,000 from friends and family. We're going to try to shrink that down to maybe it's going to take a year. You, you know, you we're shrinking that timeline a little bit. But also inside of there is that, you know, you are putting that foot forward, and starting brand awareness. So you're you're starting that narrative. You're bringing out, let's say you have a thousand investors that come onto a campaign or 500 investors. Those are early ambassadors and adopters into your vision. They bought your sales pitch. They bought your dream. So you now have this army that you're creating that is talking about you at their barbecues. They're mentioning you on social media. They're telling their friends about you. So I always tell people like, yeah, the money, the money's great, but these other factors that are happening are incredibly important to sort of stand this company off the ground and get that momentum to truly do what you want to do. So the campaigns that have been successful have, again, thought outside of just the capital. They've thought about these other factors that also are going to help you know, maybe in their e-commerce business or help them do a second campaign where they raise higher dollar amounts because they've kept those investors sort of entertained or excited about the opportunity throughout the year, right? So again, all the campaigns that have been successful have understood that and accepted that as almost like a challenge. And then the next part is almost every campaign that I look at that has raised significant amounts of money had a front man to their project. You know, that CEO, that person who was comfortable getting out on camera, answering every question on social media, doing the events. And if I point to all my campaigns that have struggled, it's when there's no personality, there's no face to this business. You know, they just tried to put a logo up. Those are the campaigns that struggle a lot. And it just doesn't work that way. You've got to have a face to the brand that people are ultimately excited about. And those are the factors that you kind of have to unpack when you're looking at these campaigns and kind of measuring success.
1: That's the kind of particular thing that we want to help develop on this podcast to help show the layers of the the people in charge uh, and teach us all to invest in the person. The idea is great. The revenue projections are great, but a lot of the credibility of all that potential success lies in the person you're investing in. Yeah, it's the team, and so, the person
0: in the team. You know, what does this team look like? Have they done this before? Have they exited other companies? Do you have mentors, advisors around you? Who are they listening to? Who's in their ear? What's their track record in this sort of stuff? Just trying to tell that story, it holds a lot of weight.
1: Yeah, and another big story is the competitors are about to try and take a chunk out of the market from. We can talk a bit about headwinds too. Let's talk about, you've mentioned before, the entrepreneur class is kind of vastly expanding and overrunning the investor class to a point. Yeah. Um, and in general, we live in a very noisy culture and everyone's trying to be the signal. So when you talk about the kind of, uh, headwinds that an entrepreneur going, uh, entering into crowdfunding might experience, what are the ones that you counsel them to get ready for and how we're going to overcome them?
0: Yeah. So that's a, I mean, that's a, it's a good question. It's almost everything is a headwind. <laughs> well, in, in that's space. all the time we have. Yeah, and <laughs> I did it. I told you it's everything, but no, honestly, truthfully. Everything is changing when it comes to what's working in social media. You know, is it Facebook ads, TikTok ads, is it is it Reddit ads, is it Google ads, right? So you're constantly reading the data and saying, you know what, I'm seeing a trend here across three or four campaigns, and we're going to pivot from this to this. You have new rules popping up from GDRP to what Apple's doing that you have to start complying to. Um, you have SEC regulations, right? There, they might change something. So, do we I mean, still have so, an
1: SEC? I'm just, uh, you I, know, I'm not exactly I don't asking really for a friend. Uh, yeah, I,
0: I think Elon, he might have bought it. Did Elon he might just <laughs> have bought the SEC? Is that is that <laughs> how that works? To too?
1: leverage. That. Even more. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: It's kind of all of that. You know, one of the things that almost everybody asks me before they hire. Kiwi tech is, well, let me see some of your success stories. And I'll be like, cool. I'll totally show you what I did. And here's one from 2018 when Facebook was completely wide open and we didn't have any of these rules, but yeah, that will totally be what you're doing. Right. Like so it's like, there's no point to look at that. It's important to look at like, what did you do in the last like 60 days? What have you done in the last 30 days? You know, what trend are you seeing across the whole, it's those types of conversations, not look at all the campaigns I've raised when the rules were completely different. You know, Um, So again, it's always important to kind of be like, what's going on right now? Because even the stuff, again, this is why we're trying to do this podcast. It's an opportunity to talk about new things that are potentially changing next year, right? By the end of this year, there could be new things, right? It's like, hey, everybody, just want to let everybody know you can't do this anymore, this change, right? There's going to always be something. So back to kind of that client and, and kind of the coaching you're talking about is it's getting you comfortable with that. It's an understanding that, it's going to change. Like the one consistent thing is that it's constantly changing, right? So it's understanding that and not being freaked out about it. Because again, the campaigns that sort of run into a brick wall are when they're freaked out because this isn't going to work. We got to do it this way. I thought you got to pivot, move, just move to the next thing. And that's this work. And again, working with us, hopefully we're, You know, we're looking at it from a different vantage point of not just your campaign, but maybe this is a global issue. We're seeing this across the board around. It was March of last year when kind of crypto just kind of popped up, like the Wall Street bets thing just kind of popped up, kind of out of nowhere, right? Mm. We were like, "What the what?" You know, you know, and it was just it was everywhere. Like my mom is asking me about what's the Wall Street bets, right? So you start to realize (laughs) like all of that disposable income was pulled kind of from equity crowdfunding. So we saw a, a pretty big dip across the board. So now that's not a marketing issue that's not a platform issue or a portal issue that is I went on and I bought some doge coin and that that's where my thousand bucks went right yeah. like so those are global issues as opposed to like man your campaign's story's not right so again you just have to kind of think about it in that kind of holistic approach
1: yeah there are wheels within wheels yep and uh, you know changes aren't permanent but change is yes <laughs> <laughs> that's an important consideration as well. There is no rock solid template here. There is a template that works, but it's kind of, you know, you can build a very sturdy skyscraper in San Francisco, but you got to have the earthquake struts underneath. Yeah. Yeah. And And that's um, what i say.
0: We have, we have a foundation. We always start with this, you know, certain work. And at some point then you start to, okay, we set that out. The other analogy I use is, I'll show you how advanced we are in our uh, marketing strategies. Um, we throw some, you know what, against the wall and we we'll see what sticks. Right. That's, that's our whole formula. I th- you could just say pasta.
1: You know, I mean, yes. that's, I that's the, the idiom is pasta, which you don't have to you know, censor yourself yeah, 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 on. But yes. I, I hear you. Yeah. Uh, in fact, one of the things I was really impressed by, we had one of those huddles when we were talking about how granular our assessment of the results are. Yeah. Because one of the things, as you say, you have a template to start off with, but it's our job to make sure we figure out what's working and what isn't and deploy assets to where they're going to have the most effect. Yeah. So when you look at the tools you have to help assess what's working and what isn't, how granular is that? What kind of results can you give to a, a client to say, look, this is we tried this and this is why it's not working and this is why this is and why we recommend this, this shift?
0: Yeah. So another part of our world is because we typically are using third party platforms. So a start engine, a WeFunder, like you mentioned earlier, Republic, we are farming on their land, right? That's the analogy where it's not our land. It's not our website. It's not our domain. So we, so all the privacy issues impact us. And again, that was a huge change when that was rolled out for us. So we do have to fly our airplane a little bit blind, which sucks. However, though, when you are looking at it, you can get into the weeds of, you know, what's our open rates? What's our click through rates? How much is our CPMs, meaning like how much does it cost to get 1000 impressions, right? So you're looking at some of those data points, as well as determining, you know, what's our cost to get an email address. If we're getting an email address and they're investing on email number three that we send out to them, great. However, it is challenging because the, the portals themselves don't share a lot of data. And there's some reasonings behind the SEC that they can't share up certain information. Sometimes you won't get a full name until a certain point, or you don't get the final data until a campaign ends. So again, you're trying to measure not just the investment amount, but the other actions that could be happening. People who are showing interest by clicking the invest now, that's like the add to cart of an e-commerce, right? They're at least showing that interest to get to that page. We do tons of reporting. We probably actually send out too much because I think sometimes clients are like, I don't even know what I'm looking at at this point. But, um, you know, but That's we do try to too, show to them. Give them yeah,
1: counsel. It's like, the, yeah, yeah. like, like, this is, what, we're this looking is at. what you're looking at. And this right. is why you need us this, on that wall. This. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And we, and we think this is going to work and we're making this adjustment because the, the second email is not getting opened as good as the first and the third. All right, let's work on that subject line. So you can get in the weeds. But the reality is it's not e-commerce where I can go, I spent a hundred bucks, I sold 13 units at 10 bucks each, right? And then the other part of this too is because an investor can invest, you know, sometimes minimum a hundred bucks, but they could invest 50 grand, right? So you also have to look at some of the data and go, well, wait a minute. Is this one big investor skewing all of our numbers, right? So we have an account right now where my return on ad spend is like 20X. We had a couple big investors who skewed all the numbers, right? So you have to again, go in and say, throw out those numbers. Let's look here. This is the reality of what we're doing in regards to ad spend.
1: So then if we just, if we're about to wind down now, we can talk a bit about uh, the future. All right, here we are. Yep. It's May, 2022. The podcast is rebooted. The client base is quadrupled. Where would you like to be by the end of this year? End
0: of this year is partnering with a couple potential scenarios to white label a portal or a platform. We're still trying to figure out how how this might look again with the SEC and compliance and all that sort of stuff, but really trying to figure out how we can solve some of the issues that I've been dealing with forever. So figuring out a better way for tracking is a solution. Also looking at what is working in e-commerce and continuing to try to bring some of those strategies into this market. Um, And then the third thing is growing the investor base. So continuing to educate the average person to say, hey, you actually aren't an investor. You can buy shares into these companies. You know, it is a interesting space because you're getting in very early to a lot of startups. So, so trying to educate a lot of people so that we can get that investor base to grow, uh, so that more and more people will invest in campaigns. So, you know, so we've got those. Then we've got some internal goals of really kind of locking down a few more marketing tactics and techniques so that we can again get these clients to to get funded as much as possible, right? So just trying to make sure that we're getting into those workflows. So this there's, there's a lot. We've got a lot of moving parts, and we want to. To get the podcast off the ground. We're working on getting our blog kind of back off the ground. I'll be doing a healthy amount of events for the rest of the year. I've, I know I've got a couple speaking engagements on crowdfunding coming up in the fall. So again, a lot of moving parts, right? Um, and that's that's what we're doing right now. Is just trying to get that all all humming and cooking along here.
1: And more magazine covers to to secure. More
0: magazine covers. Hey, I got to try to fi- find another one. You know, I'm still like a CEO of my own little startup, right? Like I'm doing it under Kiwi Tech's umbrella right now, but. I relate to you know to founder stories because everything I'm talking about is I'm trying to manage a team, manage cash flow, manage clients' expectations, pivot as things are changing for me as well. Like, oh, I guess we don't do that anymore because Facebook changed something on us or whatever it might be. So, you know, it's it's not that I'm that far off. I'm just doing it in my own little universe and trying to help out founders who are doing uh doing their journey as well.
1: And in your spare time, be a good husband and father to your two kids for well, the life, spin a few discs, you, you know.
0: Uh, yeah, I'll throw a couple of discs. I will tell you that while I was on this, I just had my son staring at me because I think at two o'clock he was supposed to be uh, at a friend's house. I'm, like, I'm working. I was like, I'm getting you there, buddy. It, buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I look forward to him being able to drive. Well, maybe not right. now I'm going to take that back. Uh, yeah, Maybe a little bit longer. I gotta, I'll got i wait a little bit longer on that. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well then, yeah, we'll
1: definitely, we'll end on that note because family is always the first priority, always has been for me. And um, so if it's an afternoon where the kids need to be accommodated, then so be it. That's what it is.
0: They need their thing. They got to go get their fun. Hey, there's
1: a tagline, you know, come to Kiwi Tech if you need your thing. (laughs) That's solid. (laughs) You've been listening to the successfully funded podcast where you need your thing.
0: Yeah. Let's get the t-shirts going, right? Let's get them printed.
1: Oh, the merch is going to be just, we won't be able to make them fast enough. Yeah. Oh yeah. The guerrilla marketing is going to be extensive and vigorous.
0: Ah, perfect.
1: Anyway, thanks again, Jeff, for talking with us today for episode 234 of the Successfully Funded Podcast. I'm sure over the next year, we'll have you on periodically to provide updates to what you're working on, what you've seen, important news for potential and current uh, crowdfunder investors and crowdfunders. We'll also be talking to Kiwi Tech clients about their progress and uh, what they've learned, what they hope to learn later on and what their goals are, and highlighting some of the best stories that will hopefully inspire others to recognize this is feasible. This is something that you can do. And Jeff has had years and years and years of experience doing. So um, thanks again for joining us, Jeff. Um, I'm your host, Doug French. You'll see me once a week here and uh, also as hosting our Zoom events with our clients. So join us weekly, we will be out every Tuesday morning to discuss what's new and different in equity crowdfunding uh, based all from the encyclopedic cranium that is Jeff Wenzel. So thanks for joining us.
0: You're welcome. I look forward to uh, sit back in the guest chair uh, as as we're going through.
1: and I look forward to peppering you with questions (laughs) as you squirm in your desk chair. Um, Anyway, thanks again for joining us, everyone, and we'll see you next week.